We got a great big convoy rocking through the night. We got a great big convoy. Ain't she a beautiful sight? So we do have a convoy here in Ottawa, and it is most definitely not a beautiful sight, which is why we're having this special episode of Bose Podcast, the official podcast of Bose Cavern, Ottawa's premier upscale drinking society, to talk a bit about the trucker convoy protest going on right now. Hopefully by the time we air this episode, it will finally be over because I think I speak for the majority of Ottawa here when I say enough is enough. It's time for the truckers to go home. Now, my usual co-host, Taylor Mitchell, is unavailable, but we have our resident mixologist, Adam LaFrance, filling in. Hey, Adam. Welcome. Hello there. I'm delighted to have me. Or and... Sorry. <laughs> I'm delighted that you have. <laughs> well, why I really ruined it off the off the stuff. <laughs> yes, I meant to say delighted to be here. I did love that. I liked it. I was, I was happy to have me. <laughs> and we're joined as well by our producer, Kevin Ballantyne. Hey, Kevin, thanks for joining us. Yo, hey, how's it going? <laughs> Glad to be here. <laughs> Trying to play it cool. Huh? That's right. Yeah. Well, also like Bart said, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> so the backstory of this convoy is that it started in opposition to the mandate that truck drivers in Canada be vaccinated against COVID-19 in order to cross the border to the U.S. Now, this is a U.S. requirement, however, so Canada can't really change that. And they still can drive domestic routes. They're calling it the Freedom Convoy. See, they're protesting for freedom, but I don't really know what freedom they mean as we're pretty free here in Canada. I mean, if you can drive across the country and protest for, for a week in the nation's capital, I'd call that freedom. But anyway, as this is a Simpsons-themed podcast, we're going to talk about the Season 10 episode, Maximum Homer Drive, from March 28, 1999, which involves Homer driving a big rig and dealing with a trucker convoy, as it seems relevant in this situation here. So we'll talk about the episode, a bit about the convoy protest, and uh, whatever else happens to come up. Quick synopsis of the episode, Homer takes the family to a new restaurant, the Slaughterhouse, which Lisa is protesting against. And while there, he challenges trucker Red Barkley to a steak eating contest. Red wins the contest, but then dies from beef poisoning, probably from another restaurant. Homer feels obligated to finish Red's final delivery, and so he and Bart drive Red's haul from Springfield to Atlanta. Along the way, Homer discovers that truckers are using an autopilot system to drive the trucks for them, and he faces a convoy of angry truckers who are determined to make sure he doesn't ruin their scam. While Homer and Bart are away, Marge and Lisa buy a musical door chime, which malfunctions and won't stop playing music until they are rescued by a Zorro-like senior ding-dong. In our typical format, we have an episode, and we have a Simpsons-inspired drink, so... Adam, as our resident mixologist, what kind of drink do you have for us? So if you remember, Homer, he's not the best at truck driving and he falls behind. So uh, to uh, get back on schedule, he decides to take some pep pills. And uh, of course, he, uh, Homer, not reading the label, as he's known to do, he just seems to down at least half the bottle. And uh, when the uh, store clerk tells him you can't take that many pep pills at once, his plan is to take some sleeping pills to balance it out. So that was the inspiration for today's drink. Because as you met, there is no actual drink in The Simpsons, but this is a special episode, so we'll just make a special drink. So I thought, okay, it's a, a bit of a ritual here. So for the pep pills, have some chocolate-covered coffee beans. So you can pop a few of those. And then for uh, sleeping pills, we have some rocket candy. So after you pop a few of those, I assume the sugar crash will cause you to sleep, be sleepy. We're not using actual drugs. I mean, this is a, this is a family oh, show. No. 
Just kidding. So no controlled substances. And then uh, to top it all out, take a shot of motor oil. Of course, we don't want to drink real motor oil. So it's a um, shot of uh, blackberry liqueur. The sensors were really uneasy whole, taking a whole bottle of pep pills and sleeping pills. I guess yeah, they, well, I they didn't that. want anyone. Yeah, they didn't want anyone to try. That, I guess so. <laughs> I could see that. I could see that. So, in terms of the episode, one thing I really liked about this was the title of it. It's a play on Maximum Overdrive, the 1986 film by Stephen King, which prominently involves a murderous big rig. After all, mechanical devices come to life and start trying to kill us. Hence, the reason they adopted the title for this episode. Which, mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, was one of Yardley Smith's first and only film roles. Oh, really? The voice behind uh, Lisa Simpson. So that little nod there. I don't know. So what did you guys think of this episode? Because I kind of... I I definitely enjoyed it. it. Yeah, I've always liked it. And I I thought I had some pretty good laughs in it. Um, I must admit, I've always been a fan of some of, or like many of uh, John Schwartzweller's uh, uh, stories. I guess I just sort of like the the jokes in it. But um, there are also even some funny moments in the B story as well. I mean, it wasn't as... (laughs) um, musical doorbell you know the the start of the episode has one of my favorite opening lines ever where he says so i said to that nurse you can take your free tetanus shot and shove it yes (laughs) yeah it's not even like setting up for a punchline it's like the first sentence is no this is the joke this is funny just it's a weird funny sentence and they're like yeah we're gonna open the show that way and they go we can continue the joke and it's still like because he he has a lockjaw and then we found yeah. out Lenny Bidham, and it's like the whole the whole uh, beginning is is funny, and it's like other shows wouldn't do that. Why it's great that we're linking the Ottawa protest to this episode because it does start off with that anti-vax element. Homer refusing. I was just tetanus. going to point out that it begins with Homer refusing a free and safe vaccine for no reason, and yeah. then he develops lockjaw. Yes, exactly. Showing the consequences of being anti-vax also uh shows that uh getting bit by lenny is not a good thing the name of the restaurant slaughterhouse although i'm disappointed that they didn't call it like slaughterhouse five reference to the kurt vonnegut (laughs) novel it was a little disturbing that you pick your own cow to be slaughtered (laughs) and apparently when they were storyboarding this the animators found the scenes where the restaurant employees were slaughtering the cows to be just too disturbing so you know when they actually animated it uh you don't see that part (laughs) it's 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 off it's off camera it was in good taste i will say that um one thing i thought about the other day was that uh, for obviously lisa didn't go with them to the uh slaughterhouse but then who was watching lisa or maybe she was picketing outside we don't know Uh, Uh, that that would have been funny maybe if they had you had seen her on like the front lawn or the picket sign. (laughs) And then like there's a window and you can see the Simpsons family (laughs) sitting down to eat. (laughs) Yeah. Or the other thing I thought of, if there's a opportunity, either you have a window and you see her picketing outside the window, but (laughs) yeah, yeah, something like that. But yeah, that seems like a missed opportunity there. And then we get into the beef eating contest. The sirloin a lot, (laughs) 16 pounds steak. Uh, and only two people have have succeeded in finishing one. Uh, Trucker Red Barkley, voiced by Hank Azaria, and Tony Randall, <laughs> the, <laughs> the actor probably uh, best known for his role in The Odd Couple. I but- thought it was an interesting move. They um, really went on. They uh, really went out of character. That Homer lost an eating contest for the. First- I think the first time there was 
first time there was food and Homer couldn't finish it. Yeah, it became everything he always hated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, where food's in front of him and he doesn't want to eat it. It's uh, they really went out of character there. This actually reminded me. Did you guys ever see the movie The Great Outdoors, uh, nineteen eighty-eight? Uh, John Hughes, written and produced with uh, John Candy and Dan Aykroyd. Because there's a scene in that yes. where he goes to a restaurant and they have a contest to see who can eat. Uh, the old 96er. So if you could eat a 96 ounce steak, then you got it for free. And of course, he actually had to eat the entire steak, including like all the gristle and fat in order to get it for free. But anyway, that that whole scene reminded me of that movie. I have no idea if it had any influence on it. But wouldn't you just love to eat at a restaurant that has its own body bags? Remember the body bags there that say, <laughs> I died at the slaughterhouse on it? <laughs> And now, I think I'd be a little concerned. Uh, now, uh, Homer, um, if you remember, he didn't die, but the uh, the waiter was concerned that he would. Yeah, so I he was... said, he said, why don't you take one of these with you just in case? Yes. Dr. Hibbert pronounces him dead and says, you know, he died of beef poisoning, probably from some other restaurant. And this is, of course, because Dr. Hibbert owns a share of the restaurant. So, <laughs> and, and as soon as he says that, probably from some other restaurant, everybody just goes back to eating. <laughs> Back to eating. I was just wondering how Dr. Hibbert could tell his beef poisoning just by feeling his, his uh, arm. So interesting thing on this episode, actually. So when it first aired, it was immediately followed by the first episode of Futurama. So that oh. was the that was the premiere of Futurama, Space Pilot oh. 3000. Uh, I didn't remember that. So oh, okay. it, it, it kind of built on that. So like, you know, okay, new episode of The Simpsons. And now brand new show from Matt Groening, David X. Cohen. But yeah, Futurama. Which I don't think we're going to talk much about Futurama because this is a Simpsons <laughs> podcast. Although there is what the episode in season 26, Simpson Rama, where they do the Simpsons Futurama crossover. I don't know if we ever run out of ideas here. We can just start talking about Futurama. Do you have any Futurama <laughs> drinks, Adam? Uh, I do not. I'll have to work on Slurm, I guess. I'm just saying, if you ever run out of Simpsons drinks, you could switch over to Futurama. Uh, uh, I'll keep it as an option. Well, one thing with the episode, though, is that um, I always like was that somehow they were they needed to go to was it 2200 miles in 10 hours that would mean on average or no the whole way there you'd have to go 220 miles per hour to make it non-stop yeah. <laughs> so 220 and it was miles also per hour. as we learned very windy mountainous roads as well <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly so i don't think it's possible you know so anyways that's, that, that, that's another <laughs> thing so you mentioned the the windy mountain road and all that so i feel like when bart said that they had to travel 2200 miles that was basically as the crow flies like from point A to point <laughs> yes, B on yes. a map. So the, the, and so the actual yeah. physical distance that they would have had to travel would have been you know, longer than that. And of course, <laughs> nowhere in the United States of America is there a posted speed limit anywhere near 220 miles an hour. And an interesting fact is that uh, the distance in the United States from coast to coast is approximately... <laughs> 2,500, 3,500 miles. So he almost drove the entire length of the United States. Yeah. So that would be, well, and they were, we know they're headed to Atlanta, wasn't it? We had to, okay. they said we'd make it to Atlanta in six days or something like that, whatever it was. But <laughs> somehow, episode. somehow he got those um, artichokes and migrant workers there on time. Yeah, that is quite impressive because uh, he still made more stops. If we call, he stopped at um, another truck stop to brag to the other truckers about how he how the truck drove itself. Also that Homer thought if he just took some pep pills, he could do the 2200 miles in 10 hours. Like he, did, hours he didn't he didn't lose confidence in himself, which is another 
another great Homer trait. He's like, if I just down these pills, I can do it. He also right. uh, had to deal with a angry convoy trying to destroy him. So actually, Plus, when you think about that, the convoy, remember when they form a blockade preventing him from continuing down that highway, he manages to flip over <laughs> the blockade and it's just Several like tumbling times, yeah. through the air and that. So, you know, we learned what the cargo was, artichokes and <laughs> migrant workers. So there were migrant workers in the trailer. <laughs> I was just going to say, tumbling through the air yes i don't it's think it's so. amazing I, they I survived this <laughs> exactly the, apparently it was quite the debate with the riders well what's in the truck because they mm -hmm. thought okay he's going to open up the back of the truck and what's in it and so i guess coming up with artichokes and migrant workers uh took them many hours i assume <laughs> and uh one of the lazier suggestions were it was empty <laughs> you know what i think they should have <laughs> yeah, done i think they should have just opened the door and there's like this golden light that comes out of the trailer there kind of like in pulp fiction with the suitcase remember <laughs> oh, yeah yeah you never find out yeah and you never find out what's actually in the suitcase that would be good uh, the, the migrant workers were a a uh, humorous if not cruel touch i think i think they also had a a bit of time discussing what was in the train that was going back like that would stop the 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 well, conductor so, uh, i wonder back. what's i wonder what some of the other options were then. i don't know were they thinking something more dangerous than napalm <laughs> i don't know yeah. not sure <laughs> i like the scene where they're listening to the radio and it just decides to play spice girls wannabe that was quite hilarious I always enjoyed the deleted scene they took out um, with, I think it's Dan Castellaneta singing a, a song a about a wreck, song. about a wreck on the I-95 or something like that. Yeah, I was disappointed they cut that. I thought, I mean, I do like, hey, no offense to the Spice Girls, but it was pretty hilarious, the version they came up with. Do you remember it? Do you, am I, do I have to sing it? Uh, yes. Sure. <laughs> Why All not? right, I'll uh, give it the old college try. If uh, See if I remember it. Did you go to college for singing? I did not. <laughs> I crashed my truck up on I-95. Six people dead and I'm barely alive. Blood guts and airbags all over the place. I want to scream, but I ain't got a face. Yo, I ain't got a face. <laughs> Yes, very, very well done. Thank you. I, I wonder why they cut that out. <laughs> it's not the most graphic thing they've done. Do you recall uh, the other deleted scene? Because uh, Homer made another stop where there were certain activities you could pay for. Oh, no. Yeah, uh, there was um, Punch a Skunk for $3. Oh, <laughs> was this on the signs or whatever? Is it going yeah, by? Yeah, there were signs, and Homer, Homer was attracted to the Punch a Skunk one, and uh, he dropped, <laughs> I believe he dropped down $50 to Punch the Skunk. <laughs> <laughs> and this episode did have a secondary plot to the Homer Bart Trucker storyline. It gets a B plot with Marge and Lisa. I do enjoy when there's a B plot because a lot of times they do it because they focus on one or two characters and because Bart and Homer, they're at odds a lot of the time. And I like that they did an episode where they bonded. Of course, then because of that, Lisa and Marge aren't in the story. So I think it's perfectly acceptable to do a B story uh, for them so we can... Uh, See, hey, it's not just Bart and Homer for the show. We do want the other characters. Yeah, and it's interesting that they introduced that uh, senior ding-dong just in order to resolve the problem <laughs> of the doorbell that wouldn't stop. And then he appeared in like three other episodes. <laughs> like, it, it's just, it kind of feels like disco stew. 
I was just thinking of him. Where, where Disco Stu just, you know, that one joke where Homer had the rhinestone jean jacket and said Stu yeah. because he ran out of room to spell stud. And, you know, you know Disco Stu doesn't advertise. Like, it was just <laughs> that one joke. And then how many episodes has he appeared in since then? <laughs> Same thing oh, with Captain McAllister. Remember from the episode yes. New Kid on the Block? He was just supposed to be there for that joke involving yes. the all-you-can-eat seafood restaurant and then he has just appeared constantly so senior ding dong was not one i expected would be a reoccurring character in uh, springfield but he is i was gonna say i I will say for the b story it it does include one of the rare times that marge well swears i mean when when the delivery guy comes to the door and just knocks on instead of ring the bell she's like damn it Uh, I think that was probably my favorite moment of the beast story was when like all these people came to the door and didn't ring the doorbell. Also thought it was interesting the song that Marge liked so much. Why do birds suddenly appear? Uh, Close to you by the Carpenters. It was actually featured in another episode on when they did the flashback to their prom. Yeah, well, that's Homer and Marge's song sort of thing throughout the series. It was played Except at their wedding. They, uh, she danced uh, with Artie for that song. I just thought that's it's like, oh, there's did, a yeah. bit of controversy in there. Yeah, but if you recall yeah. when Homer first saw Marge, like for the first time in detention there, she's coming in in slow motion and that song's playing. It's only playing in his head, of course. His no head. one else can hear it. So I, I guess... Homer didn't have any problem with that song because he associated that song with March. It was what he heard yeah. in his head the first time he saw her. So totally makes sense the... that March picked that song. Well, actually, March started just kind of humming something. And then Lisa was like, how about this one? And plays it. And okay, yeah, perfect. <laughs> and, you know, much to Gil's chagrin there. Yeah, speaking of characters, you've had many jobs. Gil's uh, definitely in there. Yeah, but that's because he yeah. can't keep any of them. Well, Homer <laughs> seems to have the same problem as well. He manages to hold yeah, on to least... his job at the nuclear plant. I was going to say, at least Homer it. always has the nuclear plant fall back on so we're convening this special episode to talk about the convoy here in ottawa we're you know recording this saturday it is now day eight i think it was january 28th convoy rolled into ottawa despite estimates on fox news it was not fifty thousand tractor trailers of 1.5 million supporters i uh, heard 2.3 million at one point at one point i heard it's a billion it's- trucks with you know 10 billion people they're lined up to <laughs> the the convoy was extended to mars that's how that's where they're coming from i guess that probably explains like Elon Musk was supporting this. I actually, <laughs> I found it funny that Elon Musk was tweeting his uh, support for this convoy at the same really? time that Tesla is working on the semi, their uh, oh. electric truck that has their autopilot system. I guess sort of similar to the Navitron auto drive system in this episode, right? So here's Elon yeah. Musk voicing his support for the truckers at the same time he's working on a way to put them all out of work <laughs> actually while we're on the subject i would love to do an episode about how elon musk is just basically a real life version of hank scorpio from the episode you only moved twice <laughs> as uh, you know clearly uh, i can tell you there are not fifty thousand trucks here in fact you know that is uh i would guess in fact the first day um it started last friday and uh, it was mostly cars, I would say. There was very few trucks. They really, the trucks didn't, uh, the majority of the trucks didn't seem to arrive till Sunday. But the numbers have definitely fluctuated. I think uh, Sunday had the peak of the most people. And then we saw it dramatically drop off to, I heard estimates it got up to maybe 15,000 people was the top for the weekend. And then it dropped down to a few hundred. So um, it did make it easier, you know, to uh, at least to move around during the week. Uh, there's 
because before driving was a nightmare and just uh, even just walking down the street, at least it did have a bit more room. More of a turn though for the weekend. It brings the term weekend warrior, you know, a new kind of definition. So our co-host today, Adam, lives and works in the downtown core. Uh, He lives in an apartment downtown with his wife. So he's been front and center for this convoy since the beginning. Uh, Adam, so uh, what's your experience been like? Oh, well, yeah, I do have to um, cross the uh, through the protests on my way to work and back. If I had to use one word to describe it, loud, definitely loud. is Is it loud at night? Well, they did say they put a curfew on on the noise, like no uh, air horns or honking after, I believe it's 8 p.m. Uh, I th- I'd say they failed on that. It's definitely some noise. Uh, fortunately, it hasn't been too bad where we live. The build, the walls insulated enough. Have you been hearing fireworks? Indoors, it's not too bad. We can't really hear the noise too well, but we're outside. Yes, definitely. I've heard fireworks. There is a lot of traffic. There's uh, a lot of people making noise. So it uh, it is very, uh, it's not the Ottawa I'm used to for sure. So we're fortunate. We are several blocks away from the protest. So for when we're in Dawars, it's not too loud. Unfortunately, we do know people who are closer to the center of the protest and they have had difficulty dealing with the noise. I, uh, we have one friend and her, her pets are getting scared by it. I know another friend, child and wife getting it's, you know, can't sleep because they're right next to it. The noise is blaring. I'm fortunate there, but other people I know around us are not so lucky. How about the air quality with all the diesel? I find that's the worst part. You can smell it as you walk down the street. This is definitely not something we're used to this level. Have you had any direct interaction with any of the protesters? There's a few characters uh, passed by. One, uh, apparently he's concerned about uh, getting into heaven because the vaccine is the mark of the beast. So you can't get in if you've been vaccinated. Uh, that wasn't that wasn't a concern I worried about before. Uh, another guy, he is um, telling everybody, this is for you, grandma. We have some conjecture sure what he means i'm assuming she passed away but in his mind she would approve of the protest has amy had trouble getting from home to work there the traffic uh last weekend uh, was a was a disaster they didn't uh block off streets or figure out for traffic so yeah getting home was a bit of a nightmare it took a long time driving through this but the rest of the week's been okay they seem to have done better this weekend uh seemed like left a few streets sort of free of protesters so that you can drive yeah but would you say the crowd is less this weekend than it was previous weekend definitely uh last weekend was the busiest i Sunday, uh, that's when I saw the most trucks. There was definitely hundreds of trucks. They they lined up down Bank Street as far as I could see, and they went down Wellington Street onto the parkway, even past, past Tunney's Pasture. Okay, so I think the worst thing about this whole thing has been the response of Ottawa police. I can see the comparisons here between our police force and the police force in Springfield on The Simpsons. Um, I've it, seen does... uh, the comparison of um, our police chief, uh, Slawley. Sorry if I mispronounced his name. Well, actually, and... I was going to say, is it not ironic that our police chief is named Slowly? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't and think I th- of that. I, I think that's an accurate description of their response to this. So I think <sighs> the problem was they but, uh... assumed that this protest would kind of lose its momentum and just kind of fade out and everyone would disperse after a bit of time. But no, now what's happened is they've essentially allowed the the, the protesters to become entrenched in the city. Like they've mm-hmm. established infrastructure. So now how do you get them out? 
they've, they've made a foothold in the city. Mm-hmm. They basically, it's, it's like a siege now. It's like more like an occupation. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You talk about being entrenched because if you want to, um, what the scenes we've seen around here, they've actually set up like their own uh, food trucks to feed the protesters. Uh, it seems to be free. So uh, they have, I've seen, um, they have fuel trucks to go around to fuel well, vehicles. We saw all the photos in that where they were stockpiling propane in Confederation Park. Tell me anyone else would be allowed to do that. Okay, we'll allow you to set up a, a storage area of propane, but whatever you do, don't sell lemonade. <laughs> yes, I, I think the, uh, the that, infamous that, um, case of the girl trying to sell lemonade is, uh, is well known was, in Ottawa. It seems there are similar protests starting up now in other Canadian cities, Vancouver, Toronto, Montreal, but it looks as though the police forces there have learned from the mistakes of the police force here in Ottawa and are being proactive, setting up roadblocks and not letting the protesters occupy the city core like Ottawa did with their hands-off approach. I was going to say, uh, Ottawa hasn't been under mob rule since the 1830s, so, you know. I should add that, yes, uh, in addition to being our producer and our in-house musician, Kevin is also our in-house historian. Uh, <laughs> especially in Ottawa. Oper- especially in Ottawa. You operate a YouTube channel called Forgotten Ottawa, which is That's about right. the history of Ottawa. Yep. Some of the more um, lesser known uh, historic events in Ottawa. So if you have a chance, you should go on YouTube and you should check out uh, his channel because there's quite some interesting forgotten stories about Ottawa. So, Adam. Kevin, how do you guys feel about doing some trivia? Some I'm always on board for some trivia. Conflicted? No, just kidding. All right, so the way I'll run this is between the two of you, just put your hand up and I'll call on whoever has their hand first. And yeah, I got 10 questions. All right, so number one, what did Marge order for delivery from Luigi's? Adam, Uh, Adam. Adam. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say a pizza. No, Kevin, do you got it? Yeah, a half order of garlic bread. Perfect. That is exactly the answer I was looking for. A half <laughs> order of garlic bread. Okay, so question number two. When Homer and Bart are on the road, they stop at a drive-in theater. What was the movie playing at the Stardust oh, Drive-In? <laughs> oh, I don't think I'm going to get this one. Okay, you give up? I, all I remember, it was a, a horror movie. Yes, it was a monster movie. There was a monster. Yeah, it was, it was like, you know, two teens attacked by a monster. Okay, so the name of the movie was The Monster That oh. Ate Everybody. Oh, yes. I was yeah. just about to say. It ate everybody. <laughs> now I remember. Yeah. Yes, now I remember. And, Sorry, I, yeah, she I just, just you know, what it. about this person? It ate, it ate everybody. Everybody, stupid. <laughs> That's what Homer said. What was the name of the brand of pep pills Homer took to stay awake? Did they actually say it in the episode or was it just written? It was uh, I remember he it was said. Written. He said that Congress is wa- is rushing back to Washington to ban these, and he yeah. holds it up. These. Yeah, yeah, to outlaw these, and he holds up the. He doesn't say it, but he holds up the um, pill oh, bottle. Oh, I can't. give up. I feel like it had the word pep in it, but I can't remember. Nope, it does not. No. Oh, it's um, not. All right. I don't know. <laughs> I'm drawing a blank. Stimucrank. <laughs> okay. <All right. laughs> okay. So here's another one that's written and not actually said in the episode. Uh, what was the name of the gas station that Homer and Bart stopped at? Oh, um, was it the Gassy Knoll? It was the Gassy Knoll. <laughs> Good job, oh, sorry, Kevin. Squeeze my hand. I apologize. That's fine. Sorry, Adam, Adam didn't. Adam didn't know what it was. <laughs> All right. Question number five. The truckers suggest finding another scam after their Navitron auto drive system scam is revealed. So, what scam does one of the truckers propose? 
Kevin, go for it. Oh, uh, bootlegging Beanie Babies. Yes, good. <laughs> okay. I knew I was going to do with uh, uh, Beanie Babies, but I was like, what's that first word? Like, <laughs> You got it exact, bootlegging. Yeah, that's that's the word he used. Okay, so this one actually already came up in the conversation. So, you know, it's who can get their hand up the fastest. What was Red <laughs> delivering to Atlanta? Adam, you got your hand up quicker. It's a tough one, but I'm going to go with artichokes and migrant workers. Yes, it would seem you are correct on that one. You know, I just had to go with my gut. <laughs> okay. uh, number seven, while one of the truckers is threatening Homer to keep quiet about the auto drive system, what is Homer distracted by? Oh, Adam. Yeah. A very cartoony looking squirrel. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Homer starts laughing at a squirrel. Okay, number eight. What is the trucker code for an outsider blabbing about the auto drive system? Adam? Is it a 1019? Nope. Kevin, you want to give it a guess? Um, oh, man. 1015? <laughs> 1038. 1038, okay. So question number nine. What did Homer trade his tools for again? Yes, Adam? Uh, he traded them for M&Ms. Correct. My favorite part about that joke was the again He's done oh, yes. it more than once. And I like that it, it, she finds out by opening his toolbox. So he trades the tools for M&Ms, but keeps his M&Ms in the toolbox. Our final trivia question, number 10. How did Homer and Bart get back to Springfield? Kevin. Uh, so there was a train um, with napalm on it. And the conductor on the train would uh, ref refused to take it to Springfield. So... Homer grabs the hat and becomes the conductor. Okay. It's it's implied, yes, that he drives the train <laughs> oh. back. We never actually see them drive the train, but... No, that's true. Yeah. You could have just so said, see, drove a train load of napalm. <laughs> but correct, Kevin, like you got the, it. I like the long way around. <laughs> this is an episode where Homer has... He gets two new jobs because... That's he, true. You know, truck driver and conductor. If you don't mind, I'm going to throw a little, I know this is an orthodox, but I'm going to throw a little trivia question at uh, you and Kevin. Sure. And see if you can answer. This is uh, not the first time Homer has taken another job besides working at the nuclear power plant, and it was not the last. Could you guess how many jobs has Homer had in over 600 episodes? I'll say about 100. Like that's I... every, every six episodes, he has a new job, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that's, my, that's my guesstimation. I and will go with 78. That is an oddly I'm specific sorry. number. <laughs> You're uh, way off. Um, he Even uh, when he hit 400 episodes, he was already past 100. In over 600 episodes, <laughs> Homer has had at least 275 jobs. Jeez. Well, if you double my answer and add Kevin's, we're there. <laughs> I was going to say, oh, you can't, me... yeah, you have to combine ours yeah. and double like, Matt's. And, take yeah. mine, double it because Taylor's not here. I was going to say, add Taylor's Kevin. not here. Yeah. Taylor and... would have said 100 and then her 100 plus your 100 and Kevin 75. <laughs> and there we go. I said 70. Oh, well. Well, I'm sure he's, he's probably well. at least but he's we're probably not... past one, 280 now. Yeah, but we're not playing prices right rules. One dollar. <laughs> that's my guess. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. It just made me think, though, like so many to choose from. It's hard to hard to uh, pick just one. But I was trying to think what my favorite uh, job Homer had. If I had to pick two, I really did enjoy when Homer uh, was crusty. Because one thing it pointed out that Homer and crusty are basically drawn the same. That was the uh, original plan by Matt Groening. Oh, yeah. Because when his, he developed uh... the 
crusty character his plan was that homer was crusty and that's why they were drawn that way mac ranning said that his idea was that uh he wanted to point out that bart's hero is actually like homer he doesn't really admire his dad as any way but he he adores crusty and the ironic thing is that crusty is just like just like homer so they revisit that in homie the clown where Yes, Homer goes to clown college yeah. and becomes a crusty impersonator. So, but if I so had that to w- pick a one, I think I would go with uh, when Homer became an inventor. Okay. It was really out of his elements because I think to be an inventor, you have to be very smart and clever. And Homer clearly was not. <laughs> I enjoyed where he just would run up to the piece of paper, hoping that an, an invention would just you know come out of his mind somehow and onto the paper. <laughs> I'm going to pick one from Lard of the Dance season 10 where he gets into the grease business that's a that one. is a good one yeah especially then when he gets into competition with groundskeeper willie <laughs> i love that scene that's just i think I... the eye popping out is iconic <laughs> and my second choice would be from homer versus the 18th amendment in season eight where he becomes the beer baron mm. when uh, Springfield's under prohibition and he goes into making moonshine. Those are those are my two picks for alternative jobs that Homer's had. So Kevin, what are your what are your two choices? So I, I think my number one would be um, uh, when he was sanitation commissioner. Um, I just Excellent always love I, I just always love his uh, creative creative idea to bring in more money. His Achilles heel was that he could sign checks with a stamp. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then uh, my second choice, I think, would have to be when he was a carny. Yeah, that was a short-lived career, from what I remember. It was short-lived, one. but yeah. uh, it was yeah. a good one. I yes. thought that was a good. One. What I, I like that Homer's inventor, it brought. Uh, it brought us um, hamburger earmuffs, which I think it we, it was a thing we didn't know we need, but we're missing. One day we'll work out the pickle matrix and we'll actually make those a reality. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's our show for you. Thanks to Adam LaFrance for co-hosting with me today, for talking about the episode Maximum Homer Drive, his experience downtown during the protest, and for bringing along a new Simpsons-themed recipe. Thanks to our producer, Kevin Ballantyne, as always, for joining in the conversation and for helping to put this episode together. Please subscribe for new episodes on whichever platform you get your podcast from. I'm your host, Matt LaFrance, hoping for a quick and peaceful end to this protest. Take care, stay safe, we'll be talking with you again soon. Bye for now.